0: You're gonna wanna hear this. Our next in-person mastermind is coming up and we're doing things a little differently. Tickets are available to everyone, no membership required. Picture this, a day and a half of learning, networking, and problem solving with like-minded law firm owners who are as passionate about building the best law firm possible as you are. We'll kick things off with a presentation from sales and marketing expert, Dave D. If you don't know Dave, Be sure to go back to episode 605 of the Maximum Lawyer podcast to hear him share how lawyers can stand out in a crowded market. Following his keynote and Q&A are the mastermind hot seats. Every attendee has the opportunity to dive deep into their business obstacles with their mastermind group and coach. There's nothing like the energy of being with other driven law firm owners who are just as committed to their success as you are. We believe that nothing beats working on your firm in person, so join us in Charlotte on July 15th and 16th. This is your chance to break through barriers, gain fresh perspectives and accelerate your law firm's success. Visit maxlawevents.com for full event details and to grab your ticket today.
1: Run your law
2: firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm
3: James Oliver Hacking the Third, and I'm Ross Tyson Mutrix the First. What's up, Jimmy? <laughs> That's a new one. How you doing, buddy? Just being silly i'm I'm doing well that's uh hey, I like it that's the first time we've done that one, so yeah I'm gonna start going by ross Tyson Mutrix the first, just mm-hmm. just you know because no senior just the first what's up like yeah busy day I guess
2: well, you know you'll recall that back when we used to do the podcast in the old days that we always had construction sounds and trucks going by and all that stuff. I'm surprised we've been recording all day I'm surprised we haven't heard that downstairs we we finally have started our our build out of the ground floor of our building that we bought back in December. So we knew these guys were coming. We haven't paid them any money yet, but like they're almost done. They showed up yesterday and just got to work. Like they had the whole team here knocking stuff down and building up walls. It's crazy.
3: No, you better get that checkbook ready. They're going to want that money. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's not keep our guest waiting today. Our guest today is Maria Parker, and I think she might be our first Irish person on the podcast. I'm, I, And I, I I, don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm wrong about that, Jimbo, but I think that that's pretty cool. But let me give you a little bit of information about her. As a training and development consultant at Insight Training, Maria provides bespoke trauma informed practice and service development training to professionals and legal professionals with over 20 years experience as a mental health nurse and psychotherapist. She has the credentials and competencies to deliver high-quality, experiential, and safe learning experiences that meet the specific needs to each organization or individual. And I'll tell you, that is a difficult bio to read. <laughs> so it's, it's I made it through it, though. Maria, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you both very much. Thank you. It is difficult, yes. I need to maybe do put in a one-liner or two lines there. <laughs>
2: Maria, thanks for being with us. How did you get into the business of helping people?
1: Um, At 18, after I left school, I went into nursing because that was the history of the family um, into the caring professions. It was brilliant. It was a great, great experience to work in acute mental health for as long as I did. But I realized the longer I was in it, the more I realized that I did not believe it didn't align with my values in terms of just using medication to treat symptoms of people and putting people into boxes. So I really aligned myself and retrained as a psychotherapist, which I loved because it was about root cause. It's about let's get to the root of the issue and let's help the whole person as opposed to just treating symptoms. I worked a lot with young people. I specialised in child and adolescent mental health and we literally just medicated symptoms so it really you know there were times when a young child would be prescribed an antidepressant medication and part of my role would be then to speak to parents and explain to them that even though your child has been in because of a suicide attempt they're now going to be more suicidal for the next three weeks because of the side effects of the medication we're putting them on so I just couldn't use those words anymore it didn't align with with me so training as a it's psychodynamic so integrative psychotherapist it's very much along I suppose it started with Freud and looking at our defenses but now it's more of a holistic approach and that's that's where where I am today then I'm still a registered nurse but I have worked with out of my own into my own business for the past 3 years as a psychotherapist in private practice
3: so you you work with professionals and legal professionals and I I wonder why I guess why did you choose that that particular clientele and then what what do you see that professionals and legal professionals in particular since this is a legal podcast what do you see about our profession that maybe you don't see in other professions
1: The reason I always was drawn I have a huge interest in law always had I have a lot of friends and colleagues who are, who are solicitors or lawyers, as we call them here. But they would always really listen to what I was speaking about. If we were talking about anxiety or talking about how stress and burnout shows up in the workplace, they would always talk to me, God, we need this work. We need this work. So many of my colleagues, myself, they're stressed out, but we don't know where to stop and 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 take a look at that. So I went into researching this and, and, and spoke to a few people, and I saw the research that was out there. So Use, I could see the gap and I could see the skills I have in terms of bringing, in particular, the psychotherapy approach and skills to the lawyer law firms and to individual lawyers. And really, if you take off the hat of the lawyer everybody's human underneath it there's commonalities for sure in terms of maybe personalities and high achieving and striving for for perfection in certain ways but if you bring that back if we're not connected if our identity and value is attributed to what we do then we are moving we're on shaky ground because we're moving further and further away from who we actually are and the amount of stress trauma and burnout that is in the profession and if you look at suicidal ideation, suicide itself and addiction, these are all symptoms of something a lot deeper rooted and a lot of our conditioning, perfectionism or overworking, overachieving comes from our childhood and how we were conditioned to be a particular way. And if we grow up in a, in, a, in a place where we are not what we call our true selves and we're, we're striving to base our value on what we do, then we are more open and susceptible to having deeper issues mental health wise as we go on, because you're not going to realise when, when you're out of and uh, when you're in the heights of stress, you can't make decisions like we would if we were in a more balanced state. And the legal profession, the nature of the work. You're, you're always going to be looking at the negative side. You're going to have to be forecasting the future, looking at the side that most most people don't look at. You're already in high anxiety all the time. So that fight or flight is, is going to impact your nervous system and it's going to have you operating in a place where perception and ability to make decisions change.
2: Thanks, Maria. And speaking of trauma, I wanted to talk a little bit about trauma. I was I spoke at one of our conferences a few years ago about the fact that I had been molested by a priest when I was a kid and sort of how I carried that with me and how it took a long time for me to figure that out. And I was surprised by the number of lawyers who've reached out to me to talk to me about their own either sexual trauma or some other kind of trauma. And, And then I happened to read a wonderful book, a very hard book to read called The Body Keeps the Score last year. I'm just struck by how damaged people are and a lot of us are just walking around especially lawyers with these with these battle armors on that are really just protecting these really sort of damaged hurt souls
1: yeah yeah and that's uh thank you for sharing that jim and it's deeply traumatic you know any any abuse of any nature is deeply traumatic and when it happens in childhood it's even more horrendous because you're right we build up a protection around ourselves I always think of it as like a scaffolding so we're still inside but it we're operating out the scaffolding is is keeping us up and keeping us functioning but it's not steady it's that again it comes back to that ground that isn't steady so when you're carrying shame and shame is one of the deepest outcomes of trauma if you want to look at it that way guilt tells us I've done something wrong but shame ultimately tells us I am wrong there's something profoundly wrong with me and in in childhood if you look at like Body Keeps Scores is a a brilliant example of of trauma work if you look at Gabor um work and what he talks about in terms of trauma it's not necessarily what happens to you It's, it's whether if you're left alone with that trauma so if you didn't have an adult or somebody around or anybody that hasn't to make sense of that incident to make sense of what happened then it can be more accepted it's easier to integrate it and it's easier to get the support But when you're left alone children in particular make up stories we make up stories about ourselves as we grow up It comes back down to safety and connection and how safe do we feel within our bodies because we've most of us and and again back to to the busy lives within within law firms and individual lawyers or in-house wherever they're working it's such a fast pace it suits to leave your body to not be connected with the body to be cognitively thinking all the time forecasting and working in the future because it can be it's, it's easier it's familiar to leave, leave the system so it's not it doesn't surprise me that you had a lot of people contact you with similar stories because and that comes back to speaking about we take off our hats it doesn't matter what we do we are human at the base of everything well that's what makes us makes us the same that's what connects us all it it, it doesn't matter what hat we wear and and because we attach so much to what we do we forget that there's actually someone else in there we're actually individual be, behind it all you know and uh, I remember listening to your podcast it's where I've been listening to you a while but back in May when you had the podcast about the lawyer who had died by suicide it was in the Facebook group and so he had been disbarred and somebody put up a statement and thinking about the shame that, you know, that impulsivity, impulsivity I think has been a key piece that that research I know now identifies. But if we look historically at mental health or mental illness, they have attached suicide directly just to depression. So I feel and believe deeply that we've missed out on many, many years of impulsive suicides due to trauma and due to the deep shame that people carry that they haven't got chance to to express or to or to speak about or have a safe connection, understand what safety is, understand what it means to actually connect with somebody who wants to hear. Because and as you mentioned there, Jim, in your childhood as adults, my role with with anybody that comes into therapy or the groups I support in, in law firms in terms of understanding vicarious trauma, once you have a safe space where people hear you and it's validated and those younger parts are validated, everything can change. And if, if I didn't experience that and didn't believe that, it would be a really horrible profession for me to be in because it'd be, there'd be no hope. So I hold hope for people when they can't hold it. There's a brilliant, one of the most healing and transformative trauma approaches that I use is internal family systems. I'm not sure if, if you've heard about it. I was in Santa Barbara. I presented last month at a legal summit, the Legal Operator Summit in, in Santa Barbara and on interpersonal relationships and trauma and how it impacts how we show up in our relationships today. And I spoke a lot about internal family systems and was really surprised and loved the fact that a good few people had heard about it but for me me then this is where the medical profession have gone wrong in medicalizing us as humans to such a point that it's just the symptoms as i said earlier whereas ifs is about well let's not worry about pathologizing somebody let's actually take them we can acknowledge that you have a diagnosis let's just park it and let's see what's underneath that where where did this begin Let's work backwards. Let's come up, let's work together to figure this out. So there's a curiosity, there's a bit of detective work. But the framework in itself talks about our self-energy. So that's the part in us that we're all born with. So baby born perfect. They have that soul energy you can call it. It's about spirituality but it's your essence. It's our core self where we're good humans, right? As we grow up, depending on our families and what Trauma they carry and how they parent us and what they believe or don't believe about us, whether we're good or bad, we internalize all this. And in order to stay safe and connected with our parents or caregivers, whoever raised us, we have to conform to what they want. So if say if if I don't agree with shouting and I tell my children not to get angry and don't shout, they're going to shut that down in themselves, right? So they're going to repress that anger because they have to stay connected to me no matter what I do. I'm I'm their survival link, I'm their link to survival. And as they grow up, then they'll shut out anger. So they may then lack boundaries, not know how to put boundaries in with people. They don't want to make anybody angry. Right. So they're just little examples. But that's part of how then we we're conditioned. But in in IFS, it talks about that self energy. It never leaves us. It's undamaged and it's true to us. But in order to show up safe in the world or in our workplaces, we have to, or what Freud would have called defenses, we bring in our managers. So again, the managers can be anxiety. Anxiety is a manager, because as long as we're anxious and worrying, we don't have to connect with the feeling, right? So the managers protect our younger selves, which are the exiles, and the exiles are these, the vulnerable parts in us. So all of us here today are adults, We all wore one, two, three, four, eight, five, age six. We all have all these years behind us where at times things may have happened right on different levels, different scales to different people. But if we didn't get the support to understand and process that, then we had to push it down right and repress it. But the energy of that emotion so, say if it was anger, say if it was upset, if it was whatever, feeling shame. There's huge energy in that, in those emotions being pushed down. So emotions are energy and they need to, the word I always stop it, they need to complete their energetic cycle. So it's like stopping somebody mid-yawn, you know, it's awful, right? Except it's on a way bigger scale, of course. So we've, these repressed parts in ourselves and the, how we keep them pushed down is these managers. So the managers might be people pleasing no boundaries, overworking, right, only thinking, don't deal with feelings. So our managers are working hard every day. They're important to us in order for us to survive every day. But we also then have, if our managers don't work, we have what's called firefighters. So our firefighters are where a lot of people in in high functioning and professions and high achieving professions are. So that can be addiction, it can be addiction to whatever it is. It can be addiction to work, it can be addiction to alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, to numb. So the firefighters are numbers. And also suicidal ideation is a, is, in a, is a firefighter, but so is suicide. So suicide obviously is the ultimate get out. Right? So these are the first responders that come into your life and say, we can't deal with these emotions. We need to, we need to protect you in some way. So it comes back to protection. But in the work with IFS, Why it's so powerful is you learn to connect with your self energy. So that part of you that is undamaged inside, that wasn't conditioned, that can't be conditioned.
3: Are you tired of the marketing guessing game? Does your website feel more like a digital billboard than a client magnet? If you're nodding along, you're not alone and it's time to stop the uncertainty and start getting real results. Let's talk about your marketing spend. Are you just shelling out money every month and crossing your fingers? Do you ever wonder what impact your marketing is really having on your revenue? Well, it's time to take the guesswork out of the equation with rise up media. We've been working with them for over a year and the feedback from our fellow members has been fantastic. Rise Up Media is here to take your marketing to the next level. They'll even perform a full audit of your online presence, giving you the good, the bad, and even let you in on what your competition is up to that you're missing out on. And the best part, there's no obligation, no catch, no pressure. If you decide to work with them, their contracts are month to month. That's right. No long-term commitments tying you down. So what are you waiting for? To learn more about how Rise Up Media can transform your firms, visit riseupmedia.com forward slash MaxLaw and Rise is spelled with a Z. riseupmedia.com forward slash MaxLaw. And it allows you to have a deep compassion for the
1: younger parts of you, the younger you that took on these beliefs about yourself, that you weren't good enough or you had to change to be cared about or to be loved. And ultimately, that brings those parts back into the fold. And and you can then be more in line with who you actually are authentically. And it really bothers me when workplaces talk about show up authentically. The The reality is most of us don't know who we are authentically because we've been operating out of a system, a conditioned system for most of our lives. And even if and I can imagine even if some people are listening to this and thinking, that's absolutely not me. Well, then it is the case for most most of us, right? So just ask yourself, that's okay if that's how you feel, but ask yourself, is it working? Are my relationships working? Am I okay in my relationships outside of work? You know, it might be great in work, but what's happening outside of it? Yeah.
3: So this is a good segue because I, I saw a, a really interesting ad. It was, uh, it was posted on X the other day and it was, it was a two-minute ad And so, which is pretty long, and it's it's actually at a soccer match, and it's the entire ad is it's it's centered on two guys that are sitting in the stands, and the guy on the left is he kind of looks down all the time, and it goes through multiple games, sometimes good games and bad games. The guy on the right side, he's he's always cheering and he's up, he's smiling. The other guy is always seated and just sitting there, and always not quite a scowl on his face, but is not quite looking very happy. And then at the end, that shows an empty chair on the right side, and then the guy on the left side takes a scarf and puts it on the chair, and it's just to symbolize that guy is is gone. And then there's a message about basically you you never know about what's going on on the inside based on, on what's on the outside. So, can you talk a little bit about that and and maybe give us some tools we can use to identify? things going on with other people that that maybe we need to ask a couple extra questions and see if we need to reach out to help them out
1: the first thing that i would say to that in in response to that is as adults we all have responsibility obviously to look after ourselves and we will never no matter what we do ever know what's going on in somebody else's mind and that is that is the reality of the situation showing up authentically as you can. So with with genuine interest and care to somebody, if you notice a change in somebody and you're wondering, God, I haven't heard from that person. It's very difficult if you don't know somebody to just show up and expect to be able to ask these questions. But if you do know somebody and they've changed or they've gone quieter, something's happening. So maybe just genuinely asking them, I've noticed you've quiet, been quieter, calling, naming what you see, naming what you're seeing, and I wonder if I can do anything to help, or if there's anything going on that I can that I can support you with. It's getting the conversations started. It, it's it's difficult if it. I I I believe this is a difficult thing to do in work situations because especially at the moment, people, a lot, most people are in fight or flight. They're, they're, they're really, really stressed. So they're worried that if they do bring this up, the, the, the stigma is still out there. Stigma's stigma is still huge, but going back to it, it's showing up and asking them, letting them know that you're there, opening up the conversations, having people in to genuinely talk about this work and let them know that it actually is okay to speak, but it's not always safe to speak to everybody. You know, it just isn't.
2: It seems to me that maybe five years ago, you heard a lot more about depression than anxiety. But to me, maybe before COVID or right around COVID, it seems like anxiety got in the driver's seat when it comes to lawyers, especially. But like we just talk to people all the time who have some pretty debilitating anxiety. And can you talk about sort of the signs of anxiety or, or how anxiety might be ruling somebody's life?
1: Anxiety has absolutely just the, the, the amount of people that are coming and looking for support for anxiety has absolutely escalated over the last number of years. And it's really anxiety is your nervous system has gone into fight or flight overdrive. Right? So we have a nervous system that, when it's in its parasympathetic state, which we all want, that's kind of rest digest, relaxed, we can make decisions, we're clear-minded, that's where we want to be. We can move in and out of that, right, within our window of tolerance, so we all have a different tolerance. Our nervous systems are set up very differently depending, again, on the nervous system of where we grew up. So if we grew up in a home where the nervous system of the home was was highly anxious, highly worried all the time, highly concerning or highly judgmental, we're going to have picked that up. This is just the way it is. So we're going to all be primed to either go into our sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight or anxiety, which is worry or disconnection from our feeling. Or others will shut down and go in in shut down, numb out from from the feelings and detach. Right. So the anxiety is going to show up, not being able to rest, not being able to stop not being able to say no, and then that is very much linked a lot of the time at the moment with addiction. So high anxiety throughout the day, come home and no. So asking yourself is, am I escaping from something? So anxiety is telling you something anxiety is telling you that there is an emotion underneath that, that you are running away from, not consciously. This is all a subconscious protection. So anxiety is a protection. It's a inhibitory emotion that protects us from something else deeper. And those emotions are usually the likes of guilt, the likes of fear, sadness, that are the big ones that are difficult to, to experience. I don't know if that answers it. I'm ho- hoping to come from it at, from a different angle, maybe, as just rather than just naming what anxiety is or the symptoms of it, because I think we always hear that it's, it's, an, it's a disorder and that's that's all it is. But it's so much more than that. It's a protective, it's protection to our system. If we're worrying about the future, then we don't have to connect with our deeper feelings. And most of us as humans nowadays have never learned to connect with our feelings or we've been told it's not okay to show emotions. And this is particularly true for men.
3: Yeah, I I would 100% agree with that, especially where I where I grew up? That's, you know, boys don't crack it of a thing. You rub dirt on it and all that. Drink water, Maria. This has been, a, I think, extremely valuable information, and I and I really appreciate. It. I wish we had more time to chat, but we are we are up against the time, so I do I do want to start to wrap things up. Before I do, and it's also really early there, so it's and it's, it's six thirty your time. So we'll we'll get you back to your kiddos. But before we wrap things up, I want to make sure that people know how to reach out to you if they want to get a get an, uh, get a hold of you. So how, how how do they reach out to you and get a hold of you if they need to?
1: The, the best place at the minute, um, because I have to update my website, is Maria Parker on LinkedIn. It's on, Link- on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm there, and I am tr- I am definitely showing up <laughs> more. So hoping hoping that that will um, bring – but I talk a lot about IFS and, and trauma in particular in the legal profession there. So they can direct message me or Maria at insighttherapy.ie.
3: Very cool. Thank you, Maria. All right. I am going to wrap things up. If you want to join us in the big Facebook group, we'd love to have you join us there. There's a lot of great information being shared always. If you want to join us in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com where we have some just awesome rock stars there. We had a great time in Miami at our most recent mastermind. We're going to be in Vegas next year, North Carolina. I can't remember all of the all the different places, but uh, we'll be in different cities next year. So join us in the guild, Guild. Dot com. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you got anything valuable from this episode, hopefully you did, and I think you probably probably did. Give us a five-star review. That'd be fantastic. We would really appreciate it. Jimmy, what is your hack of the week?
2: Read a great book. Very quickly. I read it in about a week. It's the new book called Going Infinite by Michael Lewis. It's all about Sam Bankman Fried and the rise and fall of crypto and
3: You read you read that book fast, man. Holy crap.
2: Yeah, it just came out. I got it right away. I, I do audio and reading, so I get through it pretty quickly because otherwise my attention goes elsewhere. So. But it was great. Lot, lot of good lessons, especially about paying attention to the rules and about the importance of following procedures. I think, I think anybody would really enjoy it. I think Michael Lewis is sort of a, a fanboy of Sam Bankman-Fried, so I think it's a little bit soft, but
3: the book itself was, was pretty insightful. Interesting. Okay, very good. I've not read it yet. So I'm going to check it out. But Maria, we always ask our guests to give a tip or a hack of the week. It could be a book, it could be a podcast, could be a quote, name it. What do you have for us?
1: So I would love for everybody to if if they're interested in internal family systems to look at the book No Bad Parts by Dr. Richard Schwartz. That's really, really brilliant book. And another tip it's tapping for anxiety. So you spoke about anxiety and I was talking about the nervous system and we have the vagus nerve running through our body from our head down to our gut and tapping is there are certain tapping exercises that if you do them and you can Google them, you'll get them on YouTube, tapping for anxiety. I can guarantee you within five minutes, you will start to regulate your nervous system and feel calmer.
3: I like that. Really cool. Huh, interesting. That's a really practical tip. Perfect. Thank you so much. And then for my tip of the week, mine's completely different. Canva has a new feature or a newish feature. It's new to me. They had the Docs to Decks, but now they've got the Meet Magic Studio. It's it's so it's called the Magic Studio. We're able to create things for you. Like you tell you tell it what you want and it will create it for you which is really really cool and i've tested it out it's it's good sometimes it's bad sometimes but it's using ai to to make the make the the things that you need so check it out canva.com it's really cool maria thank you so much really appreciate it i think our members and our listeners are going to get a ton out of this so so thank you so much
1: you're so welcome thank you both thank you thanks maria thanks a million
2: thanks for listening to the maximum lawyer podcast <laughs> To stay in contact
1: with your host and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.